I thought that show turned out pretty well. Oh, never mind, I'll go fuck this. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcasts. We're finally back again. This is Brian, joined by Brad and not John. Brad, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, all things considered, I could say I'm doing well. Good. Doing well is always good. I, I believe I the would world say... has certainly gotten into a much bigger shit show since the last time I spoke. <laughs> Isn't that true every single day? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just a mindless, just, uh, just a, I don't even know what the word is, but just path into the apocalypse, I think, is where we're going right now. Mm-hmm. Going to see the rapture going on soon. People floating up in the sky <laughs> naked, you know, it's just going to be great. But at least we, at least we're still here to uh, talk trash about the saints. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Hold on. Hold on. So for those of you who have heard the voices that you probably don't recognize from a regular basis, uh, I have Gina from The Falcoholic, and oh. I have DW The Falcoholic, our frenemies from Twitter. <laughs> and it's it's always a great time talking to them on the Keep Sounding podcast. We always have great conversations and totally not singling out one NFC South team in particular. <laughs> so, Gina, how are you doing this evening? I am doing great, Brian. Thank you for asking. How are you? I am I'm something. Uh, DW, how are you? Uh, I've watched Hamilton five times since oh last Friday. It's so good, though. <laughs> so I can say that I'm doing very well. Yes. Hamilton is excellent. Wow. All right, then. You should watch it, Brian. Yes. I, I will. I'll do that. I'll watch that. Um, so the reason why we have you two on here is it's it's Rivals Week on SB Nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I was really, really dumbfounded about who exactly in the NFC South I would consider to be the biggest rival the team that I really hate the most. So I wanted to kind of get the round table going here and just figure out what team we all hate the most in the NFC South. So I'm going to start well, with D. Oh, go ahead, Brad. Take us away. I don't, I don't think it's really a secret. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> I think everybody knows. Why don't you speak for your fucking self, Brad? <laughs> well, <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So, um, That's not what we're just going to, we're just going to assume that the Buccaneers do not exist. Correct. Because the Buccaneers <laughs> don't exist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, I actually kind of like the Bucks because they have a, a pirate ship in their stadium. Yeah. Well, that apparently all... has a dead man button in the control room. That oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It has a big ass red button that says dead man on it. And oh <laughs> Nobody's allowed to push it. I don't know why, but they summoned Tom Brady with that button because he's like probably. 65 years old. <laughs> but you know, they they had to sign Tom Brady just to stay relevant. So yeah. I don't think we can really spend too much time talking about them. They they brought Tom Brady back from the dead so that he could lead their franchise to another seven and nine record. <laughs> oh no, no. They'll they'll go eight and eight. Come you know, on, at least. Yeah, I at think least. Tom Brady's probably worth one win. It's amazing that every year the Bucks win the offseason. It's like, oh, yeah, they made every perfect move. They're going to be amazing. And they're like, or we can just go like six and it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, the Bears, eh. they retained Shaq Barrett. So they're they're in good shape, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all um, in good shape. They just can't, can't ever do better than eight and eight. It's because I mean, something always disastrous happens. Something always happens. Mostly for the last five or six years, it's been Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. But 
usually it i mean you know like like gina just said they always win the offseason but they can't win football games yeah and i mean personally i would rather win football games but maybe i, I would too yeah <laughs> winning football games is always a good thing but yes, yeah, speaking of Jameis Winston, it seems like he went to another team this offseason. I'm trying to remember. Mm, yeah. Mm. He didn't move oh, very far. No, I don't think that he did. I think he's still in the division. Is he with you guys? No, nope. we signed Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I know did they're they... both black, but that they, they're not the same person. Jay, oh. I don't know if you realize that. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding for anyone listening, just so you know. But anyway, Jameis Winston, yeah, he didn't go to – he didn't go back to Tampa. No. Uh, he, he didn't go to the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons still have Matt Schaub, I believe, the greatest quarterback in NFC South history, I That's think. true. Yes. So he must have went to uh, – what's that team's name? Hmm. Hmm. Trailer. The Dumpster. Jaguars? Nope, I think it might have been the Saints. The Saints. Oh, the yeah. Saints. That's Most right. But I thought they had NFL Taysom Hill. Team ever. I thought they had Taysom Hill, though. I thought that meant they were like rock solid yeah. as far as quarterback future, went. Future Hall of Famer, uh, Taysom Hill. Yes. Franchise um, quarterback, too. Yes, of course. Of Mormon course. Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect way to describe him. Taking a knee for John Locke. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Excellent. Um, So, yeah, I guess that that means that Jameis and Taysom Hill, future Hall of Famer, are backing up Drew Brees. And he is, what, 183 years old or... I can't oh, remember. He had a birthday, so he's, he's only 22 in Advocare years. <laughs> oh. Hey, man, that shit will keep you alive for a long time. You just got to make sure you recruit at least eight people every few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so you could suck on their blood like uh, Count Dracula. <laughs> yes. So, And if you, if you sell enough, you get a fine, fancy diamond ring. <laughs> just to- just don't go get that verified anywhere. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I no. did put up a round table this week of, you know, for rivalry week. And um on one of them, I, I've done several. So one of them had the m- most unflattering photo of Sean Payton in existence. Like I actually went through the photo tool and chorus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. Right it was great. Yeah, it really was. I'm super proud of it. And I, so, I think I told you this on Twitter. There is no such thing as a flattering photo of Sean Payton. Which is true. Yes. He, Sean he Payton looks, looks like, he's... like he, he just licked a nine volt battery. Like that, <laughs> he, he has that sour, puckered look on his face, like all of the time. Yeah. Sean Payton legitimately looks like he's always hopped up on Mountain Dew. Interestingly, that sour. Uh, look on the face is uh-huh. actually a symptom of excessive Vicodin use. Just saying, I'm not indicating <laughs> anything. I'm just yeah. saying that is there's you know two unrelated things in this podcast. Does Advocare have like their own version of Vicodin? I'm just curious. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's like a fruity uh, carbonated drink. Advidic. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things about the Saints is uh, how they tend to blow it in ridiculous ways in the postseason. And so I was just wondering, you know, what's your favorite Saints blowing it in the playoffs moment? Oh, man, there's a lot of them. We might need to break every single one of them down. That's like six podcasts worth. Yeah, that's true. We don't have time for that, Gina. It's the (laughs) Minneapolis miracle, though, because it's simultaneously – the Vikings curse is lifted because they are known to choke. And then the saints were heartbroken at the end mm, at the same time. Like it's a, it's a, it's a double barrel there. 
I have two and just hear me out. I'm, I'm kind of torn between these two. So the first would be the NFC championship game where they went into overtime with a hall of fame quarterback and could not score, but still blame it on one blown call, even though they had chances to win. And then didn't like, that happen twice? well, <laughs> actually, didn't it? Um, so I anyway, mean, and then when they went on to sue the, the they kind of sued the NFL, everybody dressed up as refs, and I'm like, why are you dressing up with them like them to make fun of them? It doesn't make any sense. So that's maybe my favorite. But then I think about the Beastquake game when, oh, yeah, that was great. When the Seahawks were seven and nine and got to host a home wild card game because they won the division. And, uh, yeah, they knocked the Saints out of the playoffs. And the Saints had, you know, Super Bowl aspirations that year. Literally, There's nothing fact, better the than actually... having a losing record and winning a, a wild card game that you should win against a team with a better record than you. Oh, yeah. We know that from experience in 2014. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> no Let's better go. feeling. That is my favorite season of all time when we went 7-8-1 and one and won the division. <laughs> I remember that. I remember the greatest achievement in all of sports. You guys winning the division is what got Mike Smith hired. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And he went on to to torment the Buccaneers for a few years. Mm -hmm. That was fun. It was. Um, So just to add some context to the reason why I said that happened twice, Gina, as far as uh, them going to overtime and not being able to score, it technically did because – Obviously, we all know about the Rams game and that great, great defensive play by the Rams <laughs> to cause the incompletion. But this past season, they actually also went to overtime against the Vikings and lost. They didn't even get a chance to touch the ball because Kirk Cousins roasted oh, their secondary with Adam Thielen. That's right. And then they had what was what I would call an absolutely great offensive play by Kyle Rudolph to score a touchdown. To that, end the game. That's right. Yeah, yep. I remember that. Vivid. Excellent point. Yeah, the Vikings literally ruined their their whole lives in two twice in what like five years. Like it's, it's great. I just love it. Um, but yeah, I I think my favorite is definitely this past year, just because they made such a big deal about pass interference and then it happened again <laughs> and they still <laughs> lost so <laughs> oh uh, so good hey dw so why don't you give us your favorite saints blowing it moment and you know what it doesn't even have to be the playoffs because they've blown it so many times we can we can celebrate them all let's do it you, you know what I, i'm gonna go back to this past season and the falcons were on a disastrous skid that everyone was convinced was going to cost the entire coaching staff their jobs. The Saints were on a roll. Uh, Drew Brees was coming back. The Falcons go into New Orleans, a massive underdog, and pull off the upset. And, Mm. you know, New Orleans had every analyst in football predicting them winning by three or four touchdowns. Because I think – had the Fal- Falcons had won one game at that point. And, yeah, they, they looked real bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were quite awful, believe me. And, you know, it, it may not have been the playoffs, but watching the Falcons go in and just punch them in the jaw and remind them that in rivalry games, records don't matter, nothing matters, uh, it was, you know, from my standpoint, it was great. But just the fact that, you know, the two teams were on two different trajectories. People were already saying, this is the Saints year. This is the, you know, this is their Super Bowl run. This is where Drew Brees goes out on top. And the Falcons came in, a rival, and just punched him in the mouth. It was glorious. I would have enjoyed it uh, if it were the Panthers, the Bucks, just because the, the Saints were on this this wave of, you know, just patting themselves on the back and they just got it in their home crowd and it was it was glorious to watch fun fact the panthers almost did the same thing oh yeah yep Yep. they came really close with kyle allen at quarterback in new orleans and they almost did it i think they were only like a touchdown short or something like that yeah i watched that (laughs) that was hilarious because the whole time i was like on twitter as the csr handle 
as I usually am, being like, oh, we're going to get screwed. And then, like, they they stayed in it somehow. It was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did we get... Brad, did we get your favorite? I think we did. Yeah, mine's the Minneapolis Miracle. And did we get your favorite? You gave us two, so I think we're covered on that front then. So... Well, I mean, I I really don't have a favorite. I enjoy thoroughly any time the Saints look like <laughs> ass. Uh, I, I I just I I've never really felt this way about another franchise. I enjoy every moment of pain, every ounce of tears, every single shitty thing that happens to them brings me great joy and pleasure. I agree, honestly. Amen. I I absolutely despise the new orleans saints absolutely despise them i i was rooting against them when they came back from hurricane katrina like that's how that's how bad how much i don't like them they're just such self-entitled just like they wore (laughs) grocery bags over their head for 30 years and then they had one winning season and then they think they're the like the fucking 70s Steelers or the the Patriots of our current present day because they had one successful year with an of, asterisk next to with it, an asterisk way. beside it and you know just fuck them like just <laughs> fuck another them thing, fuck everybody thing, that roots for them another thing I really enjoy about Saints fans is that they believe they have like the a, a quarterback who's better than Tom Brady when really he's just Kirk Cousins in a protected system <laughs> oh he like, certainly he threw, what, some like stats. 500 he threw what like 500 slants to michael thomas this past year yeah like come on man yep and and thomas still only uh got like you know 1300 yards off of that so yeah michael thomas is over here acting like he's better than deandre hopkins and he's the top receiver in the league mr run a slant or run it out flip a coin that's me <laughs> Drew Brees is Kirk Cousins with a better pyramid scheme behind him. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, You know what? For me, it's it's it it comes down to the fans because I have been watching the Saints all the way back to the NFC West days when the Falcons and the Saints were in the NFC West with the 49ers and the Rams. And back then. They didn't have fans. They had very few fans. As you mentioned, the fans used to wear freaking paper bags on their heads because that franchise was just sad. It was sad and pathetic. And now, all of a sudden, they've got this massive fan base that I guarantee you, the minute Drew Brees heads out of town and this franchise hits bad times, two-thirds of that fan base is going to disappear. Of course, yeah, absolutely. And they'll act like they never were fans. Yeah. It has been kicked off the call and cannot get back on. Hmm. Well. Damn coronavirus. like that sometimes. Yeah, it's that coronavirus, you know, infecting all the, the, the calls and stuff like that. Um, I've just, there is one moment that isn't talked about enough in Saints history. 2013, the Panthers played the Saints in Carolina for essentially what was the division and what was a first-round bye. And granted, Carolina fucked up that first-round bye by losing to the San Francisco 49ers. So in the end, it didn't really matter that much. But just Carolina went out there. Luke Keekley had like 26 tackles or some shit like that against <laughs> the Saints. And the best part about it was the whole game was a whole defensive struggle minus it was one of those games where it was like, it was defined by big plays. There was like two or three big plays that caused Carolina to win. One of them was D'Angelo Williams scoring on a really long rushing touchdown to end out the half. And the other one was Cam Newton on a fourth quarter, like last minute drive to take the lead. I think there was like six seconds left after the drive was over, but he throws a beautiful touchdown to Dominic Hickson of all fucking people who had like not caught <laughs> that a was pass. Like one of the only like five receptions he had. Yeah. He had year. not caught a passive significance at all that season. 
And Cam Newton steps up in the pocket, shrugs off Cam Jordan or one of the safeties who was rushing off the edge, throws the touchdown, boom, Carolina wins. They win the division, and the Saints are stuck in the wild card when they were supposed to be the team to beat in the division. And that was one of my favorite moments because, God damn it, Dominic Hickson, I wanted his jersey after that. <laughs> that was the uh, first of our three consecutive division championships, too. Yep, kickstarted by Dominic Hickson. Um, There's a random fact for you. Yeah. And then the Saints started sniping random linebackers like uh, A.J. Klein and uh, uh, what's-his-face, the linebacker who had a fake girlfriend. Oh, yeah, they signed AJ Klein because they thought they signed Luke Keekley. I mean, it's true. Carolina fans used to get those two confused all the time. AJ Klein would get that Luke, that Luke chat or chant to be fair. They kind of looked alike under like a football helmet. Yeah. And 56 like they were 59 aren't similarly all and were both white and had numbers in the fifties and made great plays and I mean it was easy to to mix them up. Yeah. Uh you know, but it's okay. The Saints will the Saints are now in position to potentially try to win the NFC South again, but I fully expect them to win the to win the division, make the playoffs and suffer another horrifying defeat to the Vikings. That's just and I cannot <laughs> wait. <laughs> oh, I want an NFL season purely to watch that happen yes like i'm fine with the panthers going like two and 14 if it means the saints choke in the playoffs again (laughs) (laughs) the sacrifices we're willing to make yeah like i i I fucking hate them that much like i would be fine with watching my team have a repeat of their 2010 season if it means the saints choke in the playoffs again yeah, yeah. I, I definitely said this to you probably twice over the last two years when I was on you guys' podcast, but I would gladly, gladly surrender a Panthers successful season just to watch a crushing, horrifying defeat in the playoffs for the Saints. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. It is just the greatest thing. Because <clears throat> even if Carolina actually finds a way to make the playoffs, they're not fucking winning the Super Bowl. Let's be honest with ourselves. So... I will get greater joy out of watching the Saints fans and their crying Jordan memes on Twitter when the Falcons (laughs) fans get all over them for, again, losing the division despite having one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history and only winning one Super Bowl with him. I will gladly take that. But let's let's not jump on the Saints too much because now there's another variable in the NFC South. The Bucks have Tom Brady. I know we touched on that a little bit. They have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. So now we get to see Tom Brady versus Drew Brees twice a year for at least this year, unless the NFL is canceled, obviously. Um, we get to see those two quarterbacks go at it. Which will be more satisfying? The Saints <laughs> once again failing in the playoffs against the Vikings or... The Patriot, not the Patriots. Wow, the Buccaneers <laughs> playing the Buccaneers, being in the in the playoffs and losing to a team they shouldn't lose to, like a team like let's say, oh, I don't know, uh, the Rams. Let's say something like that. <laughs> oh man, do I have to pick? Like, you don't that's, have to. I, like, I, I mean, I don't really have any ill will towards the Bucks, like. I've I honestly have felt sorry for them for the majority of my time watching football because they've I mean, always truly found a way to just be awful even if they shouldn't be. They are yeah. one of the only two teams in the NFC South that has the Super Bowl ring. And that was a very good team that that won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean they had a monster defense back in the in the late 90s early 2000s. Gina just I mean, wanted me to pass on that the Saints are trash, by the way. Just wanted to let you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> that's her brand. Yep, that's the brand. Um, the one thing about the Buccaneers that I will say is, like, I get, I I, I understand that, like, the, the majority of the non, like, team 
specific media is saying that the Buccaneers are going to make the playoffs and likely make a Super Bowl run. So I will find it really, really satisfying if they somehow don't make the playoffs. Um, just because it's the Bucks. Like, it's not even like a Tom Brady thing. It's just, it's the Bucks. They're the Buccaneers. They're going They're going to finish eight and eight. Yeah. Assuming we play 16 games. Right. Like, the Buccaneers always find a way to not be as good as they should be. They do. And, I mean, usually it's seven and nine, like we talked about earlier. But uh, Gina brought this up, too. Tom Brady's worth at least one win on his yeah, own. Yeah, but how old is he now? 43? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of weapons. He does. And I mean, that, uh, that wide Bruce receiver is a good with a quarterback who can actually find open receivers on his own team. <laughs> Knowing the Bucks luck, they're going to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin get hurt at like the same time for like a six week span. Probably right. like that'll be why they go eight and eight. Cause Brady won't have anybody to throw to. Well, they'll, yeah. they'll just but, bring uh, in like six different five foot seven white receivers to, for Brady yeah. to throw to. Brenton yeah. Burson, here we go. Hey, Brenton. <laughs> Brian, how how bad? How much would you? How would you feel if Brenton Burson got signed by the Bucks and then won a Super Bowl? Oh man! I mean, he was catching passes from the goat. I can't complain. I mean, it's one goat to another, you know. <laughs> Brenton, God, that would be so funny if if the Bucks signed Brenton Burson and Tom Brady turned him into his own little Julian Edelman. That would be so goddamn funny. Oh my God! It's gonna happen now. We're going to have a 2020 season just to watch this come into reality. Yep. I mean, Demir Bird, I think. uh, Oh, you know what? Demir Bird signed with the Patriots. Man, it's hard to keep track of these things. Time is an abstract right now. Yeah, yeah. Cam Newton. I did is a find it interesting that the NFC South had a, a complete circle of quarterback signings. Like Teddy Bridgewater went from New Orleans to Carolina. Cam left and replaced Tom Brady in New England. And then Tom Brady went to Tampa and then Jameis went to New Orleans. Uh, Atlanta is the only team that's left out because they're stuck with Matt Schaub. Not yeah, we, stuck. We, we... Matt Schaub is the greatest quarterback in Atlanta history. <laughs> I've been watching Falcons Twitter for some time now, Brad. He's like, amazing. I understand. I understand that Matt Schaub is the God's gift to the quarterback universe. The, the you minute know, honestly, you count you out Matt Schaub, about, you could make an argument that he is in their top five. He is hundred percent. That's it is a very short list. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys have a list of the same as ours. The only is problem Chris, is, is Chris Redman in the top five. We have. Chris Redman is around the top five, which should tell you a lot about our history. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my former Louisville quarterback, baby. It's, hey, not, Red- it's not it's not well publicized, but I was a Louisville football fan growing up in high school. So I'll I'll tell you his time in Atlanta fans really appreciated him because he put up with a lot of crap. He played decently and got us through some really really bad times that included Joey Harrington as a starting oh, quarterback. God. So who do you think is your best quarterback ever? Is it Michael Vick or is it Matt Ryan? Oh, it's Ryan by a long shot. Just as a so? pure just from a pure quarterback standpoint. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about personality, uh, what he meant to the city, Vick was clearly a transformative player. But like we we drafted Thomas Davis specifically to stop Michael Vick. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, you know, people remember Vic's highlights and they forget a lot of the stuff that came with that. You know, he was notorious for fumbles. Um, He would have a game where he would run for 200 yards and then next game he would throw for four interceptions. Um, And he never. Yeah, he never consistently delivered. And I think people forget that. Um, And, you know, he was the most electrifying athlete since. Honestly, I was going to say since Deion Sanders. Um, but I think he probably even surpassed him in just oh, uh, his, his sheer athleticism. Yeah. I think Matt Ryan is that classic victim of a quarterback who doesn't have a Super Bowl on the resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he almost had one. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> we, hurt anymore. We can't say that, Brad. We, <laughs> we, we, were there, we were right there the year before. We can't say that. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, think I would rather lose the way we did than lose the way the Falcons did. I will say, I feel like the 
Well, granted, it had a lot. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the Falcoholic and uh, the Panthers swapped or Cat Scratch Reader swapped uh, Twitter handles for that one day on April 1st <laughs> a few years ago and like kind of kind of brought the two fan bases together to realize that we both kind of suck and we both have a lot of horrible, horrible memories being fans of this team. So I think that had something to do with it. But I, well, I think the biggest thing is we come together because, you know, a lot of people say that the Falcons and Panthers are each other's biggest rival. And that is absolutely not true. No, uh, yeah, we're yeah. closer, like distance wise, but both of our biggest rivals are the Saints. Oh, yeah. And, Hands down. You know, and I know the Saints, Saints fans hate the Falcons more than the Panthers because they've been around longer than the Panthers have. But you know, we joined together as brothers in arms against the, the Saints. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I only root against the Falcons twice a year. Yeah. I can't say that about New Orleans. It's like the Bucks. I only root against them twice a year. Yeah. Now, I laugh at their misfortune, just like I laugh <laughs> at Atlanta's misfortune. Uh, you know, just like you laugh at our misfortune, but I don't actively root against you unless you're playing us. Yeah. And, and I can't say that for the Saints. There is no team I will root against if they're playing New Orleans. Speaking of laughing at misfortune, I actually do have a question. Since it is rival week, and we might as well address the Falcons a little bit. So <laughs> as a Falcons person, DW, yeah, what did you think of the Panthers offseason as far as uh, like Luke Keekley retiring, uh, Greg Olson being cut and leaving? Um, Eric Reed being cut, uh, Cam Newton being cut. Uh, what else was horrible that happened? Um, <laughs> Thomas Davis leaving last year and being because yeah. he was cut. Uh, so so give give us your rundown on that. Like as far as a a rival fan base, uh, I guess lens. Let's see what you have to say about that. I mean, I I, I saw it as uh, them the the team sort of under new ownership saying, okay, we're gonna we're going to start rebuilding. Okay. Uh, I wasn't asking you to be objective. I wanted to hear your, your, your fan, your fan reaction to that. Not me that in all, in all seriousness, I was like, Oh my God, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna burn everything down and rebuild. And you you didn't laugh at our pain at all. No, you know, in some ways I was sad because when I saw Keekly retire, um, that was, uh, I was sad because in many ways, um, I loved watching him play in this division. I considered him the best middle linebacker in the league. And uh, even when, you know, we would play him, uh, you know, two times a year, uh, you could hear, whether it was in Atlanta or Carolina, you could hear the people, anytime he made a tackle, Luke, you know, uh, he was such a great player. And I hated seeing his career ended early because of concussions. Um, But I had, you know, as, as a rival, I, he is one of the players on your team that I had endless respect for because he just was balls out on every single play. You gotta respect a guy that plays like that. Um, yeah. So I was sad to see him retire and I was stunned. I was not, I was not one of the ones convinced that cam was going to, that they were going to move on from cam. And when they did, I was, I still don't know how to feel about it because, you know, seeing him go to the Patriots is a little weird for us. Um, but I, I actually enjoyed that part of our games because Cam had that personality that he he drew the hatred of Falcons fans, and it made the games more interesting. It made it more fun. You know, when we were beat up, being up on Kyle Allen, it just didn't have that same feel as when you're getting a sack on Cam Newton. You know, when well, when you're Kyle Allen was like a high schooler at a quarterback, so I, right. I get it why just, it would be difficult. There wasn't as much passion in the games, you know. When when you're sacking Kyle Allen, it's like, yeah, whatever. He's a he's a backup quarterback. Who cares? When you're taking down Cam Newton, uh, or you're sacking him, or you're hitting him hard, there's like that extra oomph because he's the that franchise quarterback. He's the guy that you know he celebrates those first downs. He's got that big personality, um, so it makes your defense want to hit harder. It makes them want to play harder and it just it, to me it made the games a lot more fun so uh, i actually enjoyed watching panthers falcons games when cam was in there because i always felt like there was an elevation to the level of play whether it was you know uh, luke keekley seemingly i mean he was always on top of his game 
but Cam always seemed to, you know, bring a little bit something extra to, to Falcons games as well, uh, you know, having grown up in the area. So uh, I actually was sad to see those two guys go because it felt like it was the end of an era for the games between the Falcons and the Panthers. Interesting. Um, yeah, Cam leaving still kind of sucks. I'm not gonna be. I'm not. I'm gonna be real with you there. <laughs> um, I will say, I I feel like Luke Keekley is like the only player in the NFC South right now where like nobody really ever hated him. Yeah. Yep. Like even Saints fans, I don't remember what. Well, actually, you know what? There was there one there was one Saints fan I remember running into where he was like, he committed pass interference all the fucking time. I did say people. Yeah. Oh. Like shut up, dude. But <clears throat> yeah, Cam going was uh was cert- Cam going is uh gonna be weird. Um, I bought my Patriots Cam jersey today, so that'll be fun thing to rock but (laughs) it's gonna be different for sure uh as far as the nfc south goes because now it's gonna be it's all christian mccaffrey it's gonna be christian mccaffrey's show for carolina where the falcons and the saints really haven't changed that much obviously the buccaneers are going to be all about tom brady so whenever they inevitably disappoint everybody and either make the playoffs and lose in the first round or not make the playoffs at all like it will just be like that's the bucks but for the Panthers, it's going to be very interesting because they're on a different wavelength right now. Like they're moving forward, and it's it's going to be a weird future for the NFL. I know this is a topic that, and I guess we'll like end sort of on this topic. But the NFL is in a kind of a weird position right now um, with the whole COVID thing. The season might not happen, but my biggest curiosity as far as it goes is the salary cap has been rising for so many years but this year could cause the salary cap to drop and i'd like to hear your thoughts on i guess the rest of the nfc south as far as that goes if the salary crap cap drops where are we going to be at because things just paid drew Brees a crap ton of money the Buccaneers just paid Tom Brady a crap ton of money. Obviously, Matt Ryan, I believe, got an extension not too long ago. Is that right? Uh, yeah, a couple couple off seasons ago. Yeah. So with the salary cap dropping, all of a sudden, now we're in a position where these teams that are paying their quarterbacks could be in a position where suddenly what they projected to be, what was going to happen with the NFL as far as salary cap and where they could how many people they could sign and what kind of players they could sign that could be drawn back um so where would you see the falcons in a scenario where the salary cap suddenly drops a few million dollars oh they're gonna be in trouble (laughs) (laughs) i mean and for good reason because you know the the falcons had to pay several guys that you know i would argue were worth the money you know they paid grady jarrett um, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. Um, they paid Deion Jones, who I felt was the second best uh, middle linebacker in the NFC South behind uh, Luke Keekley until he retired. Um, and, you know, when you pay guys that you drafted, you know, that ultimately means you're not going to be able to pay uh, free agents. Uh, you're not going to be able to pay uh, potentially other uh, guys you drafted. Like they had to let Austin Hooper walk because of that, which I'm still salty about. Um, and you know, the Falcons still have a really tight cap because in this league, um, you're either paying a quarterback or you're looking to pay a quarterback. Um, and you know, they, they paid theirs. Uh, I I think they made the right choice given the, you know, the other contracts that have come after it, but it's a great point. I mean, we could literally see the salary cap take a step backwards and suddenly throw teams like the Falcons and the Saints into a tizzy just trying to get underneath that cap. Now, personally, I think the league will will recognize that. And if, if things turn around, if we see like progress on the vaccine, uh, if we see things come around that says, hey, things are going to be back, back to normal in 2021, I think they may work to put like a, a temporary, um, you know, sort of uh, provision in place that keeps the salary cap inflated above what it's supposed to be. Uh, so that yeah, they're going to have to do that. 
Yeah, because this is not just going to impact you know two or three teams. It's going to impact yeah, probably it, uh, ten or fifteen teams across the league. Yeah, and we're in a situation where owners. It's not like Jerry Jones took all of his money and bought like an all-star team of players. You know, this is an unprecedented situation. So as much joy as it would bring me for the Saints to have to find a way to get under a a lesser salary cap because they gave Drew Brees a stupid amount of money, um, <laughs> I don't think the NFL will let that happen. Uh, you know, they could do uh, several things. Like you just said, they could just – artificially inflate the salary cap or they could give teams an exemption and say, you know, there is, there are no salary cap violations this year. Like you, right. you can't go in like the, the, the saints and Falcons couldn't go in and then like give Matt Ryan a Patrick Mahomes contract, but they also, they won't be penalized for being over a lower cap because, you know, nobody predicted a, a pandemic when right. they signed those quarterbacks to those deals. So, you know, the, I, I do agree. The NFL is going to have to do something. The only retort I have to that is, did you guys hear about the 35% escrow thing that they're talking about with player salaries recently? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if the, if, if any single player says yes to that, they should be kicked out of the league. Right. <laughs> oh, I wasn't saying that the, I wasn't talking about it on the player's behalf, but that's no, kind of an indicator that's kind of an indicator to me that the salary cap is not going to rise at the very least. Um, because they are doing that based on the revenue of the NFL, which regardless of whether the actual full NFL season happens, you're still missing out on ticket sales. You're probably missing out on some Jersey sales too, because of the fact that people can't go to NFL games, which I bought a Cam Newton Jersey. So I'm still here buying jerseys. Hi, but it's just one of those things where it's like he's the gone, economy Brian. of the NFL. The, he's not gone. He will always be. I'm a lifelong Patriots fan. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, where I feel like we're watching a regression in the NFL's economy right now. And I just don't see how the salary cap can go up. I feel like we're in a position where, NFL teams are going to have to kind of ring it in a little bit. And <clears throat> I think Carolina is in a decent position to do that, but I don't know about teams like obviously the chiefs um, and other teams that have just paid their quarterbacks big money. Like I almost feel like the quarterback market is going to go backwards over the next few years just because of that. I think if it goes backwards, it'll go backwards because there's not a lot of guys who deserve that level of pay, you know, it's and it, guys like Brady are going to exit the league eventually. Uh, Brady Breeze are probably in their last year, last two years. Um, and I, I think you know, you're seeing more and more quarterbacks get drafted and fewer and fewer of them panning out. So I think there will be a regression somewhat, but I think it'll be more from the fact that there just aren't, it's getting really hard to find top quality quarterbacks that you want to pay $40 million a year to. So I actually kind of disagree with you on that front, but let me explain it first. I think there's, there's actually too many starting caliber NFL quarterbacks in the league right now. I don't Um, don't think, I don't think so. Well, you got Marcus Mariota. He's a backup for the Raiders. You got. You think he's a starting caliber he's quarterback? He's a backup for a reason, though. He got beat out by Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, he got beat out by Ryan Tannehill because he was injury prone. He was good in his first few years, but he's not good uh, now. That's the point. Like he's but, not a starter. How do you forget? Caliber. How do you forget to be a good quarterback in the NFL? You don't forget. You just if you get hurt enough and you age, you just don't have it anymore. So are you saying Cam Newton doesn't have it anymore? I'm saying there's a possibility that he doesn't, despite the fact that Panthers fans refuse to believe that that's a possibility. What about Andy Dalton? I don't think Andy Dalton's ever really been that good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, now, he let did, me rephrase about Andy Dalton. He Andy did Dalton lead the Bengals would, to several playoff berths. Andy Dalton the, would the be Bengals fine left. if you 
like if you gave if you gave Andy Dalton to um Sean Payton and let him run and just replace Drew Brees with Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton would be fine. Uh if you put him on Andy Reid's team, if you put him on Kyle Shanahan's team, he would be fine. But you're not going to win a Super Bowl because Andy Dalton is your quarterback. But here's the thing. Here's the point I'm making. I wasn't saying there are 32 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in the NFL right now, but there are more than 32 starter level quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And that's, I feel like right now in the NFL's history, we have never had this many competent quarterbacks in the NFL. Can, do you guys disagree with that? I don't know if it's 32. I don't know I, if it's 32. I mean, I think there are some teams that just do not have a starting caliber quarterback in <laughs> Washington. <clears throat> but even if it's not 32, like let's say it's 24. There's at least 25. I yeah. would say there's at least 25. In my opinion, that's more than ever in NFL history. You're probably yeah, but, right. I, but I think if you divide it into tiers, the, the – the caliber of guys that will actually give you extra wins over average is a handful. Yeah. The guys like who will at the most. Yeah. The guy, like there are a lot of guys in this league at quarterback who will give you the exact number of wins that your roster build will get you. So if you give them a good offensive line, good weapons, a good defense, they can get you to the playoffs. But if you shortchange them in any of those categories, they'll fall apart. And I don't the, the Andy Dalton tier. Right, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't disagree with tier. I don't disagree with that notion, but I think there's a lot of those type of quarterbacks in the league right now. Um I think a good example is Ryan Tannehill. And I think that a player I think there's at least 10 quarterbacks in the league right now who could have been in that situation, capitalized and gotten paid like he did. Ryan Tannehill will fold like a cheap suit if Derrick Henry leaves Tennessee. Yeah. And that wasn't the point I was making. I was I know, not saying I know that. I know that, but I'm just saying for every for every positive about somebody like Ryan Tannehill, it's like DW said, he has to be in the right situation. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he I mean, he was terrible in Miami. And that's not really his fault because Miami they're not that good but like if if you're building a team from scratch and you have to pick you want to pick a quarterback that can win without everything going right there's like five people you would choose right right, right. Now. I, I wasn't disagreeing with that my point was that I think the quarterback market might regress a little bit because you have enough players like Ryan Tannehill in the market right now. And I think it's only going to go up over time because we're getting more competent quarterbacks out of college right now than we did in the past. That's like they fair. don't need to be, they, so they you're be saying there, those guys yeah. will, they'll, they'll get paid more than they're worth, but less than the top tier. Yeah. Like they're going to get paid more than they're worth, but there's plenty of them right now. So it's like, I don't expect let's say, I don't know, Sam Darnold to get paid $40 million a season because in, in what, three years, Sam Darnold will be looking at a market where there's going to be like five or six different quarterbacks who probably match his level of production. So that's kind of where I'm at with it, where I think that maybe quarterbacks are going to go back a little bit because there's enough guys where you can comfortably go to your front offense and say, I can win with this guy. I can get us nine wins where in the past we didn't have that. Like there was typically like maybe 10 quarterbacks in the NFL where you were like, this is the starter. This is a franchise quarterback where I think that now you have the opportunity to win with, you know, like, like for example, for the Panthers, like they let Cam Newton go. Obviously he was a franchise quarterback. They brought Teddy Bridgewater in. Do I think he's going to be like a 12 and four quarterback or even a nine and seven quarterback? No, I don't know. But there is the potential for him to win enough games for him to make the playoffs. I don't think he's a lock for any number of wins, but I well, think I can enough. tell you what's going to happen based on my experience at, from watching the Carolina Panthers operate 
But it wasn't my my point was not specifically about I, I, I Carolina know, I Panthers. Know. I okay. know. I just want to shit on the Panthers. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater will be good enough to get us enough wins to not have a top five draft pick, but it will not be enough wins to make the playoffs. The Panthers will be a mediocre team. They will probably win five, six games, seven maybe. He might go on a tear at the end of the year. They'll pick 16th or 17th, so they'll miss out on all the top talent, and they won't have a playoff game to show for it. That's God, that fair. sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the life of so, being a Panthers and Falcons fan. Yeah, so Brian, what you're essentially saying is that the the NFL is filled with Toyota Corolla caliber quarterbacks, and we're just paying more than we should for market value sedans. Yeah, essentially yeah, exactly. that's my that that is my point. Like, yeah. we're They're in all a Toyota league. Corollas, but they cost the same as Lamborghinis. Like that <laughs> that that's <laughs> that's Ooh. kind of my point here is that like, yeah, we don't have. 32 franchise quarterbacks in the league, but we have more people who could be franchise quarterbacks in the league than ever before. And they would be excellent in the XFL. Yeah, exactly. And we got PJ Walker on our team. We might have two franchise quarterbacks on our team. Woo! So yeah. Um, I hate that the XFL folded. Yeah. It was actually fun to watch this time. It was. Yep. Despite the horrible, horrible defense, but yeah, I agree. Well, that's what made it fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. watching teams just score shit loads of points when it's not your team getting scored on, it's kind of fun. That's what yeah. I signed up for. Yeah. I always love watching a team get shit on when it's not the Panthers. So, <laughs> um, Amen to that. So, are there any lasting remarks we want to make about the NFC South, whether it's an, as a whole, as a specific team? Fuck the Saints. Um, yeah, I agree with that, Brad. Hey, Amen. Yeah. And you know what? For all the hype given to Tom Brady and, and the Bucks, I I think they are the most disadvantaged of the teams because they're replacing their quarterback. Um, they're not trying to rebuild. They're trying to replace and get to the playoffs. And like the Panthers who are sort of rebuilding and saying, you know, what happens, what happens. Um, they're trying to rebuild with a 49-year-old, 78-year-old quarterback in a season where he cannot get with his players in the off season and aside and, from illegal workouts, but yeah, exactly. So like they are going to be behind the eight ball um, dramatically. And I, I think people are underestimating that. So, you know, uh, go ahead and, and predict the bucks are going to go 14 and two. Uh, I, I don't, I I'm Brad. I'm with you. I think uh, eight and eight is feels like the right record for them. Yeah, I mean they might win nine games. I just I don't see them being thirteen and three, fourteen and two, like you know just as well as I do that all the media outlets are going to say because Tom Brady is there now. It's just like Cam Newton is suddenly a uh, a good guy and he did a lot for the community and all that other shit that we've known about for eight years now is just now being talked about by the mass media because he's in New England instead of Carolina. It's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing too, I will say is that even though it's Tom Brady, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. One of the smartest quarterbacks of all time. This is a new system and it's not like Jameis Winston was a dumbass. He had been in the league for many, many years. I don't know. There's pretty sufficient evidence to say that he is a dumbass. <laughs> I don't think you lead the league in passing. And you're a dumbass. I just, that's just not. I mean, he at. tried to steal crab legs from Publix. Well, I didn't. I didn't say. <laughs> he tried I didn't to say steal soda from a Wendy's with the little ketchup cups. Well, I I guess I guess my point was, from a football IQ perspective, I don't think Jameis Winston is stupid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, where Tom Brady has been in the same system his entire NFL career. That he, and now he's got to go learn a Bruce Arians system that is very, very complex. I don't know. I, I think Bruce Arians is smart enough to say, hey, it's Tom fucking Brady. Why don't we just do what you want to do? Well, why didn't he do that with Jameis Winston? Because Jameis Winston wants to throw interceptions. Jameis Winston threw 
His first and last pass last year was a pick six. <laughs> Isn't that glorious? That is the best statistic of all time. <laughs> no, but I don't think anyone will ever do that again. Yep. Anyway, That's like Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak. I don't think anyone will ever do that. Anyway, the point I was making was simply that Tom Brady's got to learn a new system. For the Falcons, obviously, they got Matt Ryan, who knows the system, and he knows most of the players around him. Um, the Saints don't need to learn a new system. The Panthers, uh, it's it's a new system, but Teddy Bridgewater is familiar with it. He's also familiar with Robbie Anderson from his time with the Jets. Um so it's one of those things where it's like, uh, how does the preparation impact going forward with the 2020 NFL season? Like, it's difficult to project that because it it's not your typical NFL offseason where you get the whole training camp period to really learn the system and move on and get things going. So that could be a major disadvantage for the Buccaneers. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I'm very curious as to how fast Brady can learn the system and learn everything. Um, Obviously if there's any quarterback in the league, you could bet money on doing that in this time. I would say Brady is the guy, but we'll see. So. It's going to make the NFC South a very interesting division regardless. Yeah. I would be really I wouldn't be surprised if uh every team finished like seven and nine and they're all fighting for playoff berths. So <laughs> hey, that's, that's how we win. Yep. <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> so for the very last piece before we get off of here, I'll just uh give us the little round table. Uh start with DW. DW, who's winning the NFC South this year? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I want to go Homer and say the Falcons, but I have no faith in Dirk Cutter. Uh, so I think that, you know, the Falcons will improve, but not enough. And we're going to look at a turnover in the Falcons uh, next year. Unfortunately, I think the the team that has the most continuity, the Saints, will probably win the division. But I predict a disastrous playoff loss that will further crush their fans and send Drew Brees out in perfect style with a disastrous run of playoff losses that will overshadow his one Super Bowl win that he got off of a defense that uh, had illegal bounties to injure other players. Sounds fair to me. I enjoy that. Brad, what about you? Well, I personally don't think anyone will win the NFC South because I don't think we're going to have a season. Ooh. But if we do, it, the Saints are going to win it. I mean, like he he just said, you know, they're the most consistent. They're they have the least going against them right now. They don't have a new coach. They don't have a new system. They don't have a new quarterback. They don't have dirt cutter. Um, so <laughs> you know, I mean, I I just I see the Saints winning. If we play a full sixteen game schedule, they'll probably win at least twelve games and that'll be good enough to win the division. But I honestly, no joke, I don't think we're going to have, we're not going to have a 16-game season. And if we have one at all, it probably won't be more than 10 to 12 games. I agree with that. And my prediction is the Falcons for that reason. Oh, Um, wow. Because I think the Falcons have the best continuity procedure in uh, in place for their personnel as far as offense and defense goes. And I know that they turned it on quite a bit at the end of the year last year. I, I have a hard time believing that their head coach will find a way to fuck it all up again <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> of the season. Um, so I think that if we're in a situation where we're playing 12 games, 10 games, a reduced schedule. I think the Falcons are the most set up for being able to start and go from last season. So that's where I'm at. But I could also see the Panthers somehow firing off like 10 wins for no fucking apparent reason and making the playoffs because that's just the way this year is going to go. Um, it could happen. But if my, if you, if you put a gun to my head and said, put money on it, I would say the Falcons because I believe that their offense is better than the saints. And 
I think their defense was much, much, much underrated against last year. I think they have a much better personnel-wise defense than people give them credit for. So that's where I'm at. I believe the Falcons are the better team in the NFC South. Yeah, the only thing I want to add, since you guys both addressed it, is I think if the NFL is going to have any kind of success at having a season, it's not going to be because we as a society have done anything to deserve it. (laughs) If anything, we've done the opposite. Uh, I won't go into any details on that, but I, I do know that there are a lot of scientists working behind the scenes, literally 24 seven nonstop trying to find treatments, you know, a vaccine for this horrible uh, virus that's going around. I am hopeful that um, a company like Regeneron, which is working right now on a um, uh, an antibody uh, antiviral treatment uh, for COVID, that if they can get something to market, and you know the projections are if everything works out well, they could get something by the end of the summer. Um, that could open up the possibility of an NFL season happening. It may be a, a, a reduced NFL season. Uh, Brad, like what you're saying, you know, instead of 16 games, it may be more like 10 or 14 games. Um, But I I am still hopeful that we could see a season, but it's going to be because science is bailing us out. Um, And thank you to all the scientists out there who are working nonstop to try to save this society from uh, dooming itself. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's uh... – We don't bring up much as far as uh, the political climate or the world climate, but I agree that we should be thankful for all the people out there trying to find a cure for everything. Um, Just keep at, keep at wearing a mask, keep, you know, trying to just stay safe. This is a very weird time in our history, guys. So wear a mask, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Yep. You know, we're just trying to get through this as much as everybody else we hope for football but you know it's gonna be tough it's gonna be a very tough few months ahead so we'll see where things go and hopefully hopefully we get to see teddy bridgewater in a panthers jersey throwing some touchdowns to christian mccaffrey but who the fuck knows at this point really who the fuck knows uh dw why don't you uh give us a plug for yourself anything you got going on as far as uh the Falcoholic slash Twitter, anything you want to promote? Yeah, you, know, you find us at thefalcoholic.com under the SB Nation umbrella. Um, we've got a Twitter for our podcast, Falcoholic Pod. Uh, you can find me at Falcoholic DW, and we'll be kicking off the Falcoholic podcast season here in the coming weeks as hopefully <laughs> training camp gets started uh, towards the end of this month and into August. We'll see, but uh, knock on wood, we're 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 going to stay positive. We're going to stay hopeful that everything's going to start and and go well. But uh, it, when it does, if it does, uh, the Falcoholic will be there covering uh, that team in the NFC South that you guys love to hate on. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll be there trolling on the CSR handle as much as I can. So because that's my job. Because that's what Brad lets me do. Yep. Brad, do you have anything you want to add before we uh, sign off here? No, not really. Just wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Keep your distance from people. Wear a mask. Stop turning everything into a fucking political argument and fight. Just wear a mask. <laughs> you know, make it. People want to talk about the economy. We can't let the economy collapse. Well, if you put on a goddamn mask, it wouldn't collapse because nobody would have to shut down because the, the virus wouldn't spread as much. Stop being a Karen and wear a mask. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, I'll 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 uh, I'll add on to that. <laughs> um even if you don't believe that you need to be wearing a mask because you are safe, it's just not that difficult to wear a mask just for the sake of other people's, I guess. Uh, You're protecting your fellow person or people more than you not, are yourself. Not even just that, but just their own peace of mind, like Yeah. Like if I'm walking around, like I, I am very big on wearing a mask. And when I'm walking around somewhere where someone's not wearing a mask, I immediately want to get six feet away from them. 
And yeah, and I you won't say I won't say anything to you because people are crazy and I might get shot or stabbed. But I am <laughs> judging you. I <laughs> amen I to that. Just yeah. so you know, I am judging you so hard, and I will probably make fun of you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> get those classic retweets from Brad. Um, I will say that even if you don't believe that you need to wear a mask, just just have some consideration for ever for other people out there. Yeah. The people who Be are in the compromise, the people who are scared, the people who have to be where you are when you have to go out in public. It's not just about you and having to wear a mask. It's about everybody else. Like even if you have done all your research and solemnly believe that you don't need to wear a mask because you are not going to be hurt, Still, just do it. Just just have some compassion for your fellow person. You only got to wear it for a few minutes. And I'm not asking you to sit here and wear a mask when you're working by yourself or you're out mowing your lawn. But when you're with people, just wear a mask. Even if you even if you think it's bullshit, just wear the mask. Because then you won't have to deal with people who are like, oh, no, that guy's not wearing a mask. You, especially those who might be out, who need to buy groceries, who need to do whatever to keep themselves alive who are immune to compromise, just, just do it for them. Just be yeah. a compassionate human being. That's all I'm asking. That's so it. from all of us it's here at the theater, hard. exactly. It doesn't, it's not going to kill you from all of us here at the keep sounding podcast and the Falcoholic podcast. I'm sure you will find plenty of banter between us over the course of the next season, but please, please, please just, even if you don't want to wear a mask for your own self, just be a compassionate human being. Wear a mask. Stay tuned. We'll have plenty more content for you as the season hopefully progresses and hopefully actually happens. But if it doesn't, we'll be here to provide you the content to let you know what's going on and where we're going to go from here. This is Brian joined by Brad. And thank you so much to DW. You guys have a great week and we will talk to you very soon. And fuck the Saints. Exactly. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck the Saints. Fuck Drew Brees. <laughs>